Welcome to the Enlighten Up Podcast. I am your host, Nicole Frolic, and I invite you to cozy up with me each week as I explore all aspects of the spiritual journey, spiritual biohacking, and expanding the mind beyond this reality. Remember that the collective awakening can start by planting one seed. So thanks for being such an amazing audience and sharing these shows with your family and friends. So without further ado, let's jump right into the episode and find out what we're discovering today. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Enlighten Up podcast. I am excited to be here with you once again on this beautiful Tuesday evening. Today, I have David Souter joining me today. He's actually in my alchemy program, and he's also a client. And I happened to run into him on the weekend, and we had lunch, and we were talking. We started talking about anti-aging. The way the conversation came up was I was mentioning how I think all of you are aware how much my eyesight's going when I'm squinting trying to read your live chat while I'm doing my tarot readings because my computer is a lot further away than where it is right now. And uh, that's something that I've been really wanting to kind of look into, like, how do I work with energy to reverse that? And David started talking to me about um, redox signaling molecules. And for some of you, you know that I've done some shows here on um, my channel on telomeres and lengthening the telomeres. Uh, But we're going to get into another aspect of it. And what I love to try to understand is how do we use what we know through science and the body from a cellular level, but as well as a molecular level, which we're going to talk about today. And how do we bridge the connection between activating our pineal gland, meditation, creating, uh, connecting with source energy, and how does that impact our bodies in a way that reverses the aging process? So today we're going to get into all of that. So welcome, David, to the show. (laughs) Good morning. How are you? I'm good. Um, for some of you, you'll know Dave is usually Suterbug in the uh, in the live chat when he's there. And Dave's a great, great man, really gentle soul, and it's uh, been a pleasure to have you come across my come across my path. And so, why don't we get straight into it so we can talk about this? Because this is very interesting. And we were drawing some we were drawing some dots together while we were talking on Sunday, and talking about this idea of understanding how, because we're going to get into DNA and understanding the importance of the mitochondria. And I've talked about this on another video. I really can't remember which one it was. I think it was maybe a year or two ago. And I talked about how the mitochondria actually hold, are responsible for holding our conscious light. Um, The more we expand our own awareness, our own conscious mind, and bring in more light into our light bodies, it's the mitochondria that can actually hold all of that. So we're going to discuss that a little bit further. So why don't you talk to me about why are we talking about the mitochondria and why are we talking about redox um, signaling molecules today? Well, uh, like you said, initially, it, you expressed with your eyes. So I've, uh, it was probably 10 years ago, almost when I stumbled into this myself and learned about it. It's still a new science today. So basically, it, it stems into uh, not only does the mitochondria create ATP molecules, mm-hmm. but they it also creates these tiny little molecules. They're called redox signaling. Uh, okay, before, hold, on, hold on, hold on one second, yeah. just so everyone knows, because 
For those of you who don't know what a, a mitochondria is, can you explain to them the mitochondria and what its responsibility for is in, in our cells? Yeah, yeah. So inside your cells, basically your cells are, all your cells are basically a bag of salt water. And then there's other things in there too. So you got the nucleus with the DNA and then you've got the, all the other organelles in there. Uh, the, the one we're talking about, the mitochondria, often it's just, it's pictured like a, look kind of like a kidney bean, you know, but uh, inside there is a, is a process that where every, every cell in your body needs energy. And so 1941, it was discovered that the mitochondria creates ATP molecules, which is the energy for everything that happens in your body. Mm-hmm. So they also noticed the, the signaling molecules, but at the time they thought it was Ansel, like, like an exhaust, you know, that the cell had to do that in order to create the ATP molecule. And that whole process in science is called the Krebs cycle. Uh, in the Krebs cycle, uh, it was, it's interesting, actually, when you look up the Krebs cycle, because it depends on whose science you're looking at. But the Krebs cycle is basically a chemistry chain, you know, of mm-hmm. events that make that ATP molecule. And before redox was known, there was three areas in that cycle that were kind of left blank. <laughs> they, did, they really didn't know everything what was going on. So after redox was discovered, it, then it made sense. It kind of filled in those blanks. Oh, this was going on. Mm-hmm. So... Anyway, so now we know that these signaling molecules are made, basically it's, it's uh, 16 different individual molecules. And okay, so a, made- mitochondria, a mitochondria produces 16 um, redox signaling molecules. That's correct. Every okay. time it puts out an ATP. Okay, so every time it produces an ATP, it puts out 16 redox signaling molecules. And thank you, Christina Love and David Winfield for the super chats. That's so kind of you. David's saying, loving the bridge between science and spirituality. So am I. I love bridging science and spirituality together because it's so nice when you can connect tangible things with the intangible. So, okay, so let's get back to it. So the mitochondria, once it produces an ATP, it also produces these 16 redox signaling molecules. What do these, what, are, what is the importance of these molecules? Okay, so what they found was nothing happens in your body that is not signaled. So if you can imagine being a cell in your body, you don't have eyes or, you know, you don't have all these senses that we're used to. So in order to know what's going on, not only outside the cell, but also inside the cell, uh, the signaling molecules, uh, well, actually they pair up. So there's like eight pairs of molecules and they each have their own type of responsibility. Uh, one of them might activate a, an antioxidant that you took earlier in the day that's just floating there doing nothing until a signaling molecule comes along and says, hey, I need you over here. So literally nothing is happening in the body until one of the signaling molecules says, do this, that's what you're doing. So. So basically, basically, I I think I likened it to when we were having lunch, I was like, okay, so they're kind of like traffic controllers in a way, like, okay, you are now allowed to drive through this, this, this green light and you can go this way. Everyone else stop for a second. And it's basically guiding everything, telling everything what to do. It's basically the function controllers of our entire body. It is. Yeah. 
it it's even more than that really it's it's kind of like uh if you can imagine a dark room and or or living in a room and every day that goes by it goes a little dimmer and a little dimmer and a little dimmer this is literally what happens to us as we get older and we lose mitochondria due to the frequencies we're exposed to like wi-fi and cell signals and all that but viruses uh, toxins in our food everything that you're exposed to attacks the mitochondria inside the cell so eventually you get down to a, a number of mitochondria where you can't produce enough signaling so that you're able to like read the dna you know in inside the nucleus and make a new copy or make a new cell instead of from a copy but from the blueprint you know so what's happening is in the light gets dimmer and dimmer. Eventually you have no idea that you have a mess all around you. And that's the same thing that happens inside the cell. Eventually the cell has no idea that it's in trouble. It has no idea that the trash can's over there on fire. So instead of calling for help, like it would when you were young, because it can clearly see. So anyway, so that's the, the gist of it. Um, the, the importance of, of having my, you know, plenty of mitochondria. Okay, so basically what happens is as we get older, as we basically go through puberty, <laughs> we start losing our mitochondria production. And so the less mitochondria that we're producing means the less redox signaling molecules that get produced, That's which correct. means, so every time a new a cell dies and a new cell needs to be replicated, if it's only being able to replicate, say we're at, say you're like, I don't know, 20 years old, and now you're only able to, re to replicate 92% of the original blueprint. That new cell is only going to be at 92% efficiency of what the original blueprint of our DNA was. That's and correct. when that cell gets dies off, and, and, and as you get older, you're starting to produce less mito mitochondria. So now it goes to replicate itself again, and maybe it's only going to be 84%. And so and so on and so on and so on, which this is why we get less and less production of the redox signaling molecules, That's which correct. is very interesting because this is, you know, I've talked about telomeres and lengthening our telomeres within the body. And the, the, the telomeres are like the shoe caps on your shoelaces. Okay. And they're on the ends of your chromosomes. And as they get shorter and shorter after your cells die and um, try to renew that basically at some point it just stops. And they've noticed that aging is correlated with really short telomeres. And so, one of the things that they notice that lengthen your telomeres is meditation, exercise, breath work, stress reduction, um, a lot of those things. And then there's obviously all these nutritional supplements as well, like putting certain nutrients in your body that are very good at lengthening telomeres. But I feel like there's even a step before the telomeres, which maybe I'm wrong, but to me, does it almost feel like the mitochondria is, do you think the mitochondria is the step before or the step after the telomeres? I would say it's the step before because, yeah. It, well, it is because nothing actually, I mean, it's kind of like, uh, so the, the scientist that made this stable outside the body, he is a brilliant scientist, but he said that nothing from what he can tell nothing, literally nothing happens without a signal first. So essentially that means that if you run out of signal, you're done. You know, you're, the lights go off, you know, Yeah. literally. Okay. So basically 
in order for us to kind of reverse the aging and increase our youth, increase the longevity of, of not just not just our quantity of life, but also quality of life, um, is we're seeing a core, well, we're going to get into the correlation between spirituality and channeling more source energy and what actually happens to um, us on a molecular level and cellular level that is why we call it like 5D is kind of like age reversal because the more into 5D you are, the more you're meditating, the more you're you're operating from the heart structure, um, bringing in the connected energy of unity, source energy, really feeling connected. You're more relaxed. You're tuning into higher timelines. All of that actually impacts your cellular health, your vessel. And so tell me, can you tell me in the audience um, what was kind of discovered with, let's get into redox signaling molecules and how people have been trying to create them, like manufacture them, um, as a product, but what, tell us the story of how that happened, but how it never got FDA approved. Okay. That's actually a very interesting story. So yeah. there was a company, uh, in Utah and it was uh, a it was a medical research company and anyway one of their scientists uh i believe it was one of their scientists but in, in 1999 what had happened was there, at that point we had come far enough along with microscopes and whatnot so one of the scientists was looking at the mitochondria and at that time they were still believed to be anthel molecules coming out of there so this scientist, now that he could zoom in a little further with his fancy telescope or microscope, uh, he noticed that the molecules were doing things. So he started tracking them. This is the guy that covered redox signaling. So it was years later, but this company figured out a machine. They could build a machine. They wanted to make these molecules outside the body. And so they're made from salt and water. So it's just... Basically, it's four elements, uh, you know, two in water and two in salt. So out of those four elements, they made these redox molecules. The problem was the machine they had and the way they were making them, the molecules only stayed redox signaling molecules for 20 minutes. So they had 20 minutes to use these molecules and do their testing. And after that time, it would denature. And when it denatures, it goes back to the salt water it started from. Okay. So at that point, uh, they were doing some tests with it. And they discovered that it, it killed HIV on contact. And that made them excited. And unfortunately, they tried to turn it into a drug. So the process in, in trying to get FDA approval to put a drug on the market uh, you have to pass the LD50 test. So the LD50 test is a lethal dose at 50%. Basically what that means is you have to kill half of your lab rats at a certain dosage. You got to keep upping the dosage until it half your lab rats. All the drugs on the market today have killed half the lab rats. Otherwise, <laughs> if it has FDA approval. So think about that, you know. Oh, man. How fantastic it's it's, it's so backwards. Our whole system is backwards. I mean, it just it doesn't make any sense. But I mean, it does it when you understand yeah. how corrupt it is. But yeah, okay, continue on. Okay, so 
Yeah, so they couldn't make it into a drug. And in the process of trying to get all this FDA approval, it cost millions of dollars to go through. This. So they were going down pretty fast. So there was a man that came along uh, and he bought. Uh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Before, before you get into that part, I just want to let the uh -huh. audience know. So basically, they could never get FDA approval because the higher the dosage they gave them, it's still like what, what didn't the lab rats just get healthier and healthier and healthier? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so they were unable to kill any lab rats yeah. at all. It didn't matter how much of this stuff they gave them. In fact, the lab rats just got healthier, and they lived longer, and there was all kinds of things. And I can talk about some of the studies that they've done since they made it oh, something you can make and keep it stable. Uh, there's been tons of studies done. So the results are absolutely amazing, but. Uh, so, so basically, unless you can kill 50%, like 50 of your lab rats at a 50, or kill your lab rats at 50%, you can't make, get anything FDA approved, which means the only, the only way that something gets FDA approved, if I'm understanding correctly, just by this, this conversation is that something has to be quite toxic. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Okay. Well, even, your even your water is toxic at a certain level. Yeah. So, yes, but but this is uh this is one product that that now they do have it outside the body. You know that they have discovered thanks to Gary Samuelson. Mm -hmm. uh, they have discovered how to make it uh, stable. stable. Which interestingly enough, just as a side note, Gary Gary Samuelson uh, himself said that he did not really discover. He was about six months in his research. And I got to go see this guy and his last public speech. And it was a, there was a thrill, but he said that this came to him while he slept the answer of how to make it stable outside the body. And he expressed that he had to do it the same way that the mitochondria does it. Like there was mm -hmm. no shortcut. You had to do it using the same process. So now it's, it's like a three day process them to make this out of pure salt and water and it has to be the right ratio you know but so uh they, so they basically this, just mimic the mitochondria in order to be able to produce this and make it stable without denaturing outside of the body yes and they had to mimic the water and the salt mixture to be exactly the same as what is in your body okay you know the 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 proportions mm -hmm. yep so once they discovered that and and thanks to his work, you know, we now have something that uh, you can supplement the, your redox signaling, which brought into play so many discoveries. Uh, the things that nowadays they're talking about printing organs, um, that's not possible without redox. So you, you've heard of like stem cell research. Mm -hmm. The stem cell research, uh, which I'm sure everyone knows what this is, but stem cell research, uh, fantastic research. However, the problem they ran into with stem cell research is you couldn't you couldn't get it to happen fast enough. So once they understood redox and they introduced redox signaling molecules to their stem cell research, everything happened. Okay, it was like it was like adding the magic you know touch. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So, so much medical research has come along since then now. Mm -hmm. uh, it really, and I'm probably 10 years behind the times, really, since I've looked into this. But 
So, so everyone understands we have tons of different cells in our body. I was specifically asking about the eye cells because I personally, I had laser eye surgery when I was 24 and I'm considering doing it again, but I was like worried. I was like, oh, maybe my eye isn't, it, maybe it's not good because they're, I don't know, I'm taking away too much of my eye, you know? And David, David mentioned to me that the cells replicate, um, I think, what did you say? The longest living cell, a, a cell lives is like the brain is 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, so every type of cell in your body has its own life cycle. Yes. So like the skin has a 20, okay, it comes, according to the DNA, it is made to have a 28-day life cycle, the skin yes. is. Okay. So as you age and your mitochondrial count goes down, you're not able to produce as much signaling molecules, that age goes longer than it should. So like I'm pushing 50, I'll be 50 this year. Mm -hmm. And which means, so like take my heart cell. Initially, my heart cell when I was 10 years old would have had four to 5,000 mitochondria in it. But today it's probably half that. Because of that dirty copy that has to be made because there's not enough signaling to read the blueprint to make yeah. a brand new cell with the full complement. Because of that, that's literally physically aging. I mean, because you you're increasing the, the, the life expectancy of the cell, which means your cells are actually getting older before it's time for them to replace themselves. Mm -hmm. And then when they do replace themselves, they're just making another dirty copy of themselves rather than going back to the, the architect's design, you know, the original the blueprint, blueprint yeah. which takes a lot of signaling molecule, to read all that DNA okay, and then make it, you know, Okay, so before we get into that a little bit further, can you let the audience know the conversation and the question that you asked that top cell stem cell researcher? Because you started to put, you're like, you're doing all this research and you're starting to ask like, everyone's talking about the redox signaling molecules. Why isn't anyone, you know? Okay, yeah, so yeah, you, yeah. You, tell, yeah, you tell the story. Yeah, so I went down to Orlando uh, with my friend, Mike Fritz. And we go down there uh, to a convention with all these scientists, everyone was there, right? And the second top stem cell researcher in the country had completely switched from stem cell research to redox research once he discovered about this product, you know, about the uh, science. So I just had a question that was burning. One of the questions was, if you're able to supplement, since they now make it stable, if you're able to supplement and get your signaling complement enough that the cell would have enough, you know, it doesn't have enough mitochondria to make it, but if you're able to supplement it enough so that it has enough to then read the blueprint again, will it, even though it's say your cells are at half, you know, the mitochondrial complement that they should be, also known as density, the uh, mitochondrial density. But if, if you're at half that point, but you're able to put those signaling molecules back in there so they can read the blueprint and make a brand new shiny cell the way the architect designed, mm -hmm. then would it come back with a full complement? So that was my question to him. I had to stop him. He was running to get some food. <laughs> I had to, hey, hey, I got this question. When I asked him that question, he smiled and he pointed at me and he said, 
you're the first person that's ever asked me that question. He said, that's the most exciting thing about redox signaling molecules is it can, if you've got the complement in there, it can then turn around and make a cell just like the, the original cell, you know, that you had when you were 10, you know? And so he said, it's literally reverse aging. It physically, you wind up with a cell that you would have had there, but now this cell, instead of being 50 years old, is the same as it was when you were 10, hmm. which is really exciting. So, okay, that's really exciting because we, that begs in the question then that in order to produce more redox signaling molecules, we need to be producing more mitochondria. And if mitochondria hold, so I, I've done, I did a little bit of, um, I'm trying to like understand here. So from a consciousness perspective, okay, our consciousness, also light, the more we bring it in to our physical body, like we can increase the light quotient of our cells, which would be the light quotient of the mitochondria and how it's able to produce its ATP, which then sets off all these redox signaling molecules. So if we increase the light quotient of our cells, which is the mitochondria, remember, is our battery pack. It's our powerhouse of our entire body. Um, it, it runs everything. It gives energy. It's our energy source. So of course, all of your, when you're channeling divine source energy through you and you're energizing your body and you feel your body buzzing and you feel your hands vibrating and you know, like everything's just moving faster. It's because you're literally injecting light into that mitochondria, at least from what I understand, you know? And, um, so if something isn't growing, it's dying. And so we think about this idea of, well, expansion is when something's expanding, it's growing. So through our own expansion of bringing more light in, we're assisting the mitochondria in expanding itself to hold more light. So having to recreate more mitochondria to hold more light that's coming in, okay, and allowing for the physical body to have more functionality, more functionable, functionable capabilities, more control, which would then in turn set off all the, stimulate all the redox signaling molecules to help tell the body exactly what it's supposed to do. So um, a couple of years ago, I was um, reading, you know, um, the blog Energetic Synthesis uh, by um, Lisa Renee, and she was talking about this and she was talking about the mitochondria and how it has these higher functioning states. And the reason why it has these higher, um, when it gets into these higher functioning states, I should say, it allows for DNA activation. So when we're talking about activating our DNA, a lot of this is stimulated through the mitochondria. So the human genome contains the entirety of our hereditary information, and that is all contained within the mitochondria. So in order for us to activate our DNA, we need to bring in more light to stimulate the mitochondria to kind of basically, what it does is through its ATP production, so when that mitochondria then produces that ATP, the ATP molecule, which is where all the light is stored, okay, it's your energy, it's how we get our energy to do what we do during the day, they basically, those ATP molecules hold the potential energy that we can then consciously direct to plug in, build, and activate our DNA. 
And so that's kind of what the conversation we're having here today, guys, is we're trying to understand and try to, we're not, I'm not saying any of this is proven, but just given off what we do know is happening. And then what we also know from a spiritual perspective, trying to bridge the gap here, because I know how powerful the mind is when we're in meditation and we can literally redirect everything. We can, through our own energy and, and direction and focus, we can help stimulate certain things and we're, this is how our DNA becomes activated. So tell me what, let's, let's first, before we get into the study that was done to show how much mitochondria production can be increased, okay? Tell the audience the story about the man who had Alzheimer's. Okay. So... There's a group of people that meet that take the uh, supplement redox molecules. And I was part of that group. This was nine or 10 years ago. But anyway, there was an old man that was there and his wife was there and she stood up and told an incredible story. And so she said that her husband, uh, I can't remember how old he was, but he was old enough. He had Alzheimer's diagnosed. And basically he had quit speaking and he hadn't spoken in two years. And she was in the kitchen uh, doing dishes. He was in the living room in his lazy chair. And uh, she heard him yell out her name. Well, first tell them that she started giving him the supplement, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like three weeks prior to this, yeah, uh, she started giving him a supplement. So anyway, she was, she was doing her own business, doing the dishes and he yells out her name. Now she hasn't heard him speak in two years. So she had gotten quite accustomed to a quiet house <laughs> and it kind of scared her. And her first thought was something went wrong. Something happened. He fell or, or something. So she goes rushing into the room and he's sitting there in his lazy boy with a big smile on his face. <laughs> and he says, I'm here. So after hearing her story, I, I wanted to talk to the guy, you know? And so I went and talked to the guy and I asked him, what was it like, you know, going through that? What was it like? And he said it was Kind of like being stuck in a lazy boy in front of the TV, but you didn't have the remote control or the power to turn it off or anything. You just no control whatsoever. And, and now he's back. He's got his, he's got his remote back, you know, but uh, I just thought that was amazing. Wow. So basically the Alzheimer's got reversed and he went to his doctor and the doctor didn't even know what to think of any of that. He's like, just keep doing what you're doing because I've never seen right. this before. Um, so that's amazing that the redox signaling molecules, um, so consuming that, like they're, the product that they were using was able to do that for him. Tell us about the study that has been done on Tibetan, there's a Tibetan meditation technique uh, that they were studying that and also the, the mitochondria production. Yeah. So, yeah. So there was uh there was a medical study done because something that 
the general population notices is these Tibetan monks and maybe it's not just Tibet, maybe it's other places, but I mean, these, these guys that do the, the guru, you know, that, that teach everyone how to open the third eye and, and do all of the right proper meditations to get themselves uh, basically kind of like a Kundalini alignment, you know, but the activation there and just having the, the prana and the flow of, of, of life really. Uh, but so there was a study done on their cells to see what the difference was between somebody that was before they went into this. And then as they were going through it, when they came out of it, when they were able to do the proper meditation. So basically the study showed that there was a 1500% increase in mitochondrial regrowth, which is incredible, which tells you that it is at some level possible, I suppose, if you can consciously reach that level, uh, I'm definitely not there, you know, <laughs> but otherwise, you know, I would just do that. But, but that doesn't mean that uh, I'm not going to strive to be there. <laughs> so, so basically through this technique of whatever it was um, they were doing, through meditation, I'm assuming there may have been also sound bowls involved or some sort of sound frequency because that's very much. That's um, what hard. I think too. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll get into that. And um, for a 1500 percent increase in mitochondria production, that's huge. That is huge. Like that's astronomical that's huge. huge. Yeah. Which tells me that no matter where you are on your journey, like, and, and I say that on a chronological journey, you know, <laughs> no matter how, where you are on your, on your chronological journey, you have the ability to put all of that, that, that connection and energy, that focus using sound frequency, and you can start shifting and changing the internal um, environment of your body, your cellular body, your molecular body uh, to, improve its its ability you can basically reproduce stuff so i'm curious because sound frequency is something that's been talked about more in the last couple of years and how important sound is like let's talk about sound because sound frequency to me i believe that is sound is the building blocks of our universe i agree what have you studied have you studied anything with sound and um yeah, so, and uh, well, in a biblical sense, you know, in the beginning was the word. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the first thing ever, that's the sound. Mm -hmm. It's not just sound. It's a structured frequency, a word. Mm -hmm. So if, uh, if you go along those, you know, that thought, then I, I can definitely see that our, you know, our whole physical makeup, this whole universe, not just our bodies, but everything around us is some form of frequency energy. And uh, we interact with it, whether we're aware of it or not, we interact with the energies that we can't see as well as we do what we think is physical, you know, is really just energy. So, yeah, I think that, uh, I think the sound as sound and light together, uh, it, the, I, I believe the, the combination of the two is probably the going to wind up being the right answer. 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. So like, so for me, when I'm meditating, it's so important. Like I, the music choice that I have is so important. You know, I really need to feel it. It needs to really kind of speak to me. And on, of course, having like those different higher frequency type sounds that we can listen to helps stimulate to me pineal activation um, even further. So you were telling me about a tuning fork. Um, oh, no, the Rife. The Rife um, yes, yes. Let's let's talk a little bit about that because that kind of pulls this in together a little bit as well on the importance of how sound frequency is so important in healing the body and opening up. It's almost like it, it there's a recall that happens in the body. Yeah, so your body uh, has its own memory. And uh, I, I always think of the guru when he says, you know, you may not have known your great-great-grandfather, but his nose is sitting on your face. <laughs> like your cells remember, you know? Yeah. I, I just love that comment. But uh, anyway, uh, with sound, uh, it reminds me also, I was just talking to Kathy Unger the other day and uh, about this. And she said that, you know, it's funny because she just went to a, a skating rink, like a, uh, reunion thing or something like that you know like go live the old days back you know like when you were in high school or whatever anyway and uh she went in there but the problem that she had in there was the music that she had to leave because the music was not right you know it was uh too abrupt for her and too aggressive and you know it just it it went against her you know so she had to leave because of just the environment of sound that she was around. So I think it's very important to uh, start to be conscious of your environment, not only the light that you're exposing yourself to and frequencies that you can't see, but the, the sounds. Mm -hmm. uh, I did I answer your question? <laughs> no. So, well, yes and no. You kind of started. Yeah. So talk about how the, you know, these tuning forks that were used to oh, nice. make the signal on one man's chin to help. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So uh, just to uh, set it up. So Dr. Reif built this machine like a hundred years ago. Mm -hmm. And there's an old photo you can find. It's on the internet. And it was the the end of all disease uh, dinner, banquet or whatever. And there's all these scientists, you know, they're all doctors, scientists, people. And they're all at this banquet, the end of all disease, right? And the reason that they had this banquet is because this incredible machine that Dr. Reif made, he was able to record using a ultra-sensitive microphone uh, a healthy person versus record a sick person, you know, and see the difference in frequencies. And then he figured out that he could pump that healthy frequency into the person that had the issue. And they were getting some amazing results. So they literally thought that this was just going to be the, you know, the thing. Well, of course, uh, modern day medical science caught up to him and really did a number on so, but his, his invention has not gone away. Today, you can still, you can go on the internet and buy a rife machine. So Sherry Edwards is somebody that I think of when, 
when I think of sound healing and she's an incredible lady. Uh, uh, she has a, an ability. She had actually has a, a quirk in her ear. She grew up in the mountains in uh, North Carolina. And she, according to her, where there was not a lot of traffic, there was no like noise, you know, like modern day noise. It was all just nature out there. And she, she had this uh, ability through her ear and she didn't know at the time she was a young girl when she started to recognize this ability. But if somebody walked into the room, she could look at them and tell them what issues they were having physically, what was wrong with them. She could tell also if they were lying, all different kinds of things. Quite a fantastic year. So later on in life, she went to college and she uh, hooked up somehow with the guy that was in mathematics and stuff and, and computer science. So the two of them were communicating together and they got together and created this whole software and stuff on how to use sound to heal people. And now she's got a thing where you can heal people. Anyway, she was being interviewed and uh, she's out of Ohio. And there was a guy in Michigan that was listening to the interview on the radio. So the important thing to know here is that the guy that was listening had just been in a car accident a few years later with his son in the car and his son became, uh, uh, paralyzed. He was only able to move his shoulder. You know, that's all he could do. So he didn't have faculty of anything. He was, he was just, just to move his shoulder. So between the son and father, they actually figured out a language between the two of them where they could communicate just by the way he moved his shoulder. So after hearing her on the radio, he said, I'm going to take my son to her and let's see what she can do, you know. So they go down there and while they're down there and Sherry, you know, does her thing and looks at all, you know, looks at all of his problems. But uh, she asked the boy, while you're here, if there's one thing that you can fix right now, what would it be? And somehow with his shoulder, you know, he communicated with his dad that he wanted to be able to move his, his jaw up and down. And the reason was because, his jaw was always open. So he was drooling all the time. And he said it was very annoying. <laughs> he was uh, also self-conscious of it, you know, that people would look at him like, because he's drooling all the time. So, and what she did was she took uh, her rife machine and she recorded the sound that her dad's jaw made, which was working perfectly, and told him to open and close his mouth. So when she recorded that sound, she put the, her, her emitter, her sound emitter up to the boy's jaw and immediately he was able to start opening and closing his mouth. So and I, I think that's just because you're returning that frequency that it's supposed to be. So I don't know. There's definitely something to do with frequency. <laughs> yeah. So it's almost like, well, it's interesting because... If we also know that there's the, the sound frequency of DNA um, healing, right? DNA um, replication and healing. So if we're listening to that sort of thing and the mitochondria holds the genome for all of our hereditary um, information, our DNA, 
then that could stimulate repair to the point of restoring to the original blueprint. I, I, I mean, I, I would think that there's something in there that would help to stimulate that because sound is so important. Like everything is on a, everything is about frequency. And so it's very interesting how the replication of the sound of an opening and closing jaw was then transmitted to his body and his cells. And as soon as they heard it, it's like it remembered exactly what to do. Yes. It's, it reprogrammed itself, basically. Yes. It's just fascinating to me. It's fascinating. And see, this is what I love because we talk about all of this technology out there in the world and all of that. But truly, the greatest technology is our DNA. Our DNA is the greatest technology on this planet, which is why we're so enslaved. (laughs) Um, It's why we're so targeted. So what our body is capable of is just truly mind-blowing when when we start to actually break it down and we start to look at some of the science and then we start connecting it with what we know through our own spiritual practices. And I mean, when I say that, I think everyone in the audience who's meditated um, to some degree you know that as soon as you start connecting, your hands start heating up. You start feeling the, the the pulsing energy coming from your hands. Your feet might start to tingle. You just feel like your whole body's vibrating, which is just like this fast movement coming through. You may feel warmth going up and down your spine. Like there's all of these signals that start having to let you know something is happening as a result of you making a direct connection to the source energy and pulling that source energy through your own etheric um, uh, connections into your own body and, and transporting it into the mitochondria. Absolutely. It's just, it's just so <laughs> wild. It's so wild when we start to kind of like, look at that. So, um, this is just really interesting. I didn't realize that the mitochondria were responsible for producing these redox signaling molecules that I guess come off the ATP. Well, it's, a. Uh... It's a process as it makes the ATP is also making redox signaling. Okay. And so without these signals, our body doesn't understand what to do. It doesn't know what to do. So for instance, guys, you could take a a vitamin C tablet, okay? And it goes in your body. But if you don't have the the right amount of redox signaling molecules to tell that vitamin C what to do, where to go, it's just going to sit there. (laughs) Nothing's going to happen to it. That's right. So interesting. Yeah, so everything that happens is happening uh, through signaling of some form. And they they have identified um, there's a there's also a product that for signaling is different from redox. It's another form of signaling that happens in the gut. And so they're they're literally this is still very new science, mm-hmm. but they are learning that because your cells don't see and, and you know they're learning that the the chemistry and the frequencies and the, all of this is really the basis of how we're able to get up in the morning. Everything we do. Yeah, you know, you just even saying that's kind of like activating, like well, we, we talk about the importance of our words, which are carry frequency, but also how we talk to ourselves and how we could actually talk to ourselves to tell them what to do. It's almost like, we, when we talk about how nothing happens without the signaling, well, we consciously can direct the signaling through our own mind and focus. 
You know, like, I mean, just even from my own understanding when I was starting to do yoga when I was 31 and I was focusing on the breath work and like anyone who's read my book, um, I talk about this in there, but I was extremely inflexible and there was like, for me, my hips were super, super tight. So whenever I was in a pose, um, it doesn't matter which one it was, I would focus on directing my breath directly into the spot where the stretch was happening. And I would envision the breath going straight there. Like I was telling my, whatever I was breathing in, like you're going straight to this area that's getting stretched. And I could literally feel the whole area open up even faster. And so I was signaling the breath to go to a certain spot as opposed to just passively breathing, you know, just passively deep breathing, whatever. But I noticed that when I focused it, and I sent the signal of the breath to go right to where I wanted it to go, magical things happened, and I increased my flexibility way faster than just regular breath work and yoga. It was something that blew my mind. I actually practiced it. I played around with it one evening while watching a movie in the yoga um, studio that night where I was getting doing my teacher's training. And by the end of the evening, the what I poses I could get into, there were five poses I'd never been able to get into in my life. And just from directing my breath and doing all of that and mind focus, body, all of that, I was astonished at what happened. So this is similar concept to be applied. Sorry, I'm just kind of losing my voice, guys. <clears throat> I went for a run earlier. <laughs> and um, I just feel like there's something, there's, there's gotta be something there. If I, see, this is the thing, you guys, we all have these experiences and we know something's happening. And then when we can take little bits of information like this and start to formulate our own kind of experiments with ourselves and start trialing error stuff, this is what we could be working with to whatever it is, healing, um, activating more of our DNA, reversing the aging. Cause you know, <laughs> That's one of the things that the, the, the group that controls this planet does not want us to get younger. They want us That's off true. this. They want us old. They want us decrepit. They want us dependent on the system and they want us dead and out of here sooner than, sooner than, um, than later. And so the more, and, the, and part of the reason is, is because the longer you live, especially when it's at a high quality level, the more you start to remember who you are the more you start to remember ancient wisdom, the more you start to tap into the things that would transform this planet and get access to information they don't want you to get access to. So that's another reason why it's so important to, you know, we talk about reversing the aging process and sure, everyone wants to look younger. There, there's no, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but truly that's the real benefit. In, in my eyes, because I feel that's what's what we're being prevented from accessing. I think you're right. So the, the I, don't, I don't know if the goal would be immortality at the end of it, you know, but at the same token, the quality of life that can be increased by having proper signaling molecules uh, take, for instance, when you were 10 years old and you could, mm -hmm. you could go run around the woods all day long, play with your friends. And when you woke up the next morning, you weren't sore. You, you, were, you were ready to go again. Yeah. And now today at 50 years old, you know, I can't even run across the street, let alone. <laughs> <you know. laughs> I mean, uh, you know, if I do too much, the next day I really know that I've done too much, you know. Yeah. And uh, 
And so the quality of life that can be improved by whether you have to supplement it to begin with or whether you have to get in your right meditation state or whatever it is that you need to do to increase that mitochondria uh, so that you can have more signaling. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I would say that is that fundamentally that is going to improve your quality of life yeah. and your longevity. You may not have as many wrinkles, you know, I mean, your eyesight will actually get better. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, all kinds of fantastic things when you turn the lights back on, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, I'm seeing UFO Mark too is asking me how old I am. Um, I am going to be 44 in May. <laughs> so <clears throat> I, I, I know part of my blessing is from my parents. They have good genes. But I've done, I've been meditating since I was 17, you know, like um, I attribute a lot of my um, youthfulness to, well, I exercise all the time. I've never stopped exercising. Uh, I try to eat as healthy as I can. It's not perfect, but I try to eat as healthy as I can. And I really believe that the majority of it, though, is meditation to reduce stress and bringing in more light and restoring what's being really pulled out of us our life force is being pulled out of us all the time through like all kinds of different ways you know social media the news the politics um relationships work uh everything there's just so many ways that our life force is being pulled out of us um the food the air the water that we're drinking everything So we have to um, be conscious in, you know, for me, it's become the more that I've tuned into my own love for self and done a lot of my healing, the more I've realized how much I appreciate my vessel and I want to do better by it. Um, So I I know I did some damage through my 20s and early to mid 30s. I drank a lot. I was a heavy drinker. I was always wanting to party and always doing all that. And and I know that aged me some. But I feel like, honestly, if you look at me now and then you look at me when I was, say, I don't know, 28, 29, I may have a few less wrinkles back there, but I look healthier now than I did back then. And I would I attribute that to I think a lot of this work that we're all doing right now, the spiritual work and healing and um, connecting to our true and authentic self through our connection with source. I totally agree with that. Yeah. I wish I had the (laughs) (laughs) discipline. Oh, discipline. I've done the opposite. (laughs) It's just getting worse and worse as time's gone by. But yeah, Yeah. I've, uh, you know, well, this has been a fun conversation, guys. I hope you've enjoyed it. I think I'm inspired for the alchemy program. All of you guys in my alchemy program, I think I'm going to make a meditation for us this month, and I'm going to make it around this um, mitochondria, um, activating the mitochondria, activating DNA uh, restoration, um, redox molecule stimulation, all of that kind of stuff. I'm kind of feeling inspired by this talk that I might try to create a meditation for you guys this month for that. So um, for anyone who's not part of that program and you want to join us, join our Alchemy family. The link is in the description below. David is is in the Alchemy. How do you find Alchemy? Uh, I, I love the Discord. I, you know, when I get a chance to stop my life for a minute and, and I can, because uh, there's so much in there. It's, uh, I don't care what you're into. It's, you're pretty much going to find some, 
some interesting topics in there that you're <laughs> that uh, you're gonna like. You know, there's a there's a lot of good people in there. I've met a lot of friends in there. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's, it's definitely become a family in there. Such good souls have been attracted into that group. So eternally thankful for all of you who are in there. Um, thank you to the audience uh, for joining me this evening. Thank you, David, for coming on the show. This was really fun. I love exploring this stuff. And uh, guys, I love you. We'll be back next week. I've got Mason Fury returning to the show. He was on in November with me and he brought in a lot of great insight. I think you guys are going to be happy to have him back on the show. So don't forget to tune in next Tuesday. And um, starting tomorrow, guys, I am starting a new show, a spiritual show with Thomas from True Reporting. It will be on his platforms. Uh, we're going to be going live at 8 p.m. tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern. So if you want to tune in, um, we're going to get into some really fun topics and we're going to see how that goes. So if you're interested, uh, you know, I'm going to send it out in my newsletter tomorrow. So if you want access to that, I'll send it out in my newsletter. And if I can, I will create a post and put that on YouTube as well for you guys so you can find it because that's where it'll be tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Eastern. All right, guys, I'm sending you lots of love. I love you guys. Um, have a wonderful evening. Thank you again, David, um, for coming on the show, guys. Stay young in your hearts and keep channeling all that light through in. Bring all that light into your cells. Increase the light cell quotient of your cells. And uh, let's uh, get keep getting access to all the ancient wisdom that um, is rightfully ours to access. All right, guys, I love you so much. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening and being such a supportive audience. All video episodes can now be found on my personal YouTube channel, Nicole Frolic. If you would like to further support the show, you can visit my merchandise shop or send any donations to the PayPal link in the description below. Remember, a mind is like a parachute. Unless it's open, it's useless. So keep joining me each week as I continue to expand the mind and explore life beyond this reality.